Welcome to episode number seven of Orioles in the Know, a podcast from the Avon Community School Corporation. I'm Dr. Scott Windham, the proud superintendent of Avon Schools, and our goal with these podcasts is to offer another way for our parents, staff, and community to stay up to date on all the great things that are happening in our school system. Today, I'm joined by Krista Fay. Krista's the mental wellness coordinator for Avon Schools. This is a new position for us over the last couple of years when we received a Lilly grant that allowed us to fund this position as well as counselors and then another grant that allowed us to add some social workers across the district. So those grants plus the referendum allowed us to increase our social emotional supports so that we now have a counselor in every school full-time and even more counselors here at Avon High School where we're recording today. Uh, The Project AWARE grant that we received allowed us to hire four social workers and over the last two years we've significantly increased the social emotional supports for our students and Krista has played a key role in leading those efforts for us. So Krista, thanks for being here. Welcome. Thank you for having me. So Um, I talked a little bit um, in the intro about how we've increased our social emotional supports in Avon over the last couple of years. You've played a key role in leading those. So what is it that we've done since you've been here that you're most excited about? What benefits are you seeing in our students? Thank you for that. Yes, um, we've done some really great work with the social emotional learning for our students, and we've worked really hard to try to make sure that we are reaching students at the universal level. And um, that's education speak for we are trying to reach everybody. And we're working um, with our school counselors, and now we're working with our teachers as well with social emotional learning to make sure that that's happening um, for every student at least once a week. In our lower grades, it's happening every day as part of our 30-minute morning meetings. And we're using curriculum to really help guide what we're doing. The curriculum that we're using at um, at the K through six level is called Second Steps. In our middle school, it's called Lions Quest. And here at the high school, they're piloting with a program called School Connect. All three of these programs use CASEL's SEO competencies that relate to social awareness, self-management, responsible decision-making, time use skills, and emotional awareness and regulation. Those are all, have in the past, have been called soft skills, but are really the essential skills that students need when they graduate from school and head on into whatever is um, happening for them after high school. Um, There's a really great um, saying that was floated around at a conference I went to a few years ago that says, when you think about what you want a student to graduate with, is it in-depth knowledge of the Pythagorean theorem, or is it it being able to use conflict resolution skills with a coworker, Mm -hmm. right? And so these are the skills that allow us to get to those places. So it's been really exciting to see the growth that we've done with our students um, and really thinking about the whole child. And then in a more targeted way with our social workers, providing those really specific skills when it comes to mental wellness topics, because mental wellness is something that everyone experiences with highs and lows throughout their lifetime, and teaching um, our students, especially in the younger grades, how to handle those those moments of need to help prepare them to continue to grow those skills throughout their lifetime. So you made the distinction there of mental wellness versus mental health. Can you talk a little bit about why you chose that that phrase? Yeah, so I like to use the phrase mental wellness because there's an automatic um, assumption of recovery when it comes to mental wellness. You're implying that there is good that will come from this eventually. Um, mental health is really um, is a great way to start to talk about um, our mental well-being because it's easy to correspond to our physical health, right? And there are times that our physical health is um, at highs and times when it's at lows. And for example, during quarantine, maybe some of us had some lows with our physical mm-hmm. health and we had some corresponding lows with our mental health. But just because we have that temporary 
season does not mean that's where we are always going to exist at. And when it comes to um, mental wellness, recovery and options are available. It does take time, it does take work, and you may need to explore different modalities, but recovery and management are a piece of mental wellness. And so that's why I like to focus on projecting towards the good. That's great. So you were talking earlier about uh, the new curricula that we've um, implemented across the district. With the grants that we receive to fund some of these supports, I know the data component of that is really important. And the, the entities that provided the dollars to fund these positions want to see how it's working. Yes. So do we have any data yet to see how these, these initiatives have benefited our students or is it, are we still in the you know implementation stage and we'll get that at a later time? So it's interesting with grants, you're always a little bit late and you're a little bit behind schedule because of when grants get awarded, but we are in a really exciting moment here in Avon with being able to evidence the work that we're doing with social emotional learning. And one way that we're doing that is we are screening our students with how um, they are understanding and applying these SEL skills through a platform called Panorama. And it has given us some really exciting information we were able to do kind of a first district round um, baseline last year in um, December and January. And then obviously things changed in the spring. We did reassess our students again this fall. And it was amazing to see that as a district holistically, we had growth across all categories, which was not something that people were expecting given kind of what spring and summer um, meant for people. And we ran our survey in September. So we gave students a few weeks to come back and get settled and get situated. And that's when we were really starting to um, implement the new morning meetings that were based in those SEL curriculum. And so for students to be responsive so soon to that was really exciting to see. So we've seen gains as a district. And so as we look ahead towards future assessments of students to help kind of target and support, it'll be really interesting to kind of see how those numbers continue to shift and grow for us. Well, and part of the Project AWARE grant was um, to be able to, for us to implement some strategies that then the state could look at, at how that could translate across the state correct? Yes. Yeah. So we were selected as their suburban model. And so the goal is to be able to provide replicable designs that other districts could model off of and kind of use what we, we pioneer and pilot so they can start in a different place. So that data is going to be really powerful that could even impact beyond just Avon impact across the the state, how we're supporting mental wellness. Absolutely. And our two, um, our two other partner schools um, in Vigo County and in Perry Central are also using Panorama. So the state is really excited to see um, they can use common measures across to see how urban, suburban, and rural are using the data to kind of inform their decisions when it comes to SEL. That's great. So you've, you know, we've, the, we've talked a little bit about the challenges that we have faced since March, which uh, obviously everyone's well informed of how a traumatic uh, March to now has been for many of us and many of our students, things that none of us have experienced before in a pandemic. So um, as we head into 2021 and at least it looks like the first few months of 2021 are going to continue to be challenging and consume uh, emotional energy for our students and for our staff and and our kids in particular are dealing with so much uncertainty with maybe parents losing their jobs or financial challenges the uncertainty of what school looks like for for some so what suggestions do you have for parents and even for us as staff as we help our students navigate through 
a 100 year pandemic <laughs> that none of us are, are have really been prepared to, to navigate. Right. So I think that um, one first step is really thinking about self-care and self-care has become kind of a double edged sword these days where everybody's talking about how to promote it. But then it, it crosses over into its intended space of caring for yourself and it feels like a mandate. And then how do you prioritize those different pieces? So it's become a little bit weaponized when it comes to how do we take care of ourselves? Um, and I think that there is a lot that we cannot control right now. And as humans, you know, we are routine bound creatures. We really like our structure and we really like predictability. And this has been very challenging for us to live in an unpredictable space for so long. So one thing that I try to encourage people to think about are your circles of control. And you can't see my hands, so I'll kind of describe what I'm doing right now. I'm a big hand talker. So the smallest circle of control is the one that's in the middle. And that is the one that you have absolute 100% influence over. What socks I want to wear, what cereal I want to eat, if I'm going to do a ponytail or leave my hair down today. I can absolutely control all of those choices for myself. The next circle is a little bit bigger and those are things that I can influence, but I cannot control. So for example, I may be able to influence what board game my family plays tonight. I may be able to influence the dinner selection. Um, I may be able to influence what time movie night is going to start. Okay. I, but I may not have absolute control over that. The last circle is the biggest circle. And those are things that I can neither control nor influence. And what happens is this ends up being the spot where we disproportionately spend most of our time are lamenting things that I cannot control and I cannot influence. When you spend a lot of your time out there, it gets hard. Okay. You can't, you can't influence how much money your parents make. You can't influence what their job schedule is. Um, you can't control what time they have to go to work. Now, what you can control is the time that you do have with them and how you choose to present yourself in those moments. Um, so one thing is I try to orient people back to the smallest circle. What can you control right here, right now in this present moment, right? I can't control the next question that you're going to ask me. All I can control is my rate of speech and my breathing and how much hand movement I'm using right now. Okay. So even I have to orient myself back to that. So one thing is, is reminding people of circles of control. The other thing um, goes back to one of the core components of the Project AWARE grant and that is increasing awareness around mental health and wellness. And so part of that is talking about how you are feeling um, and really destigmatizing those conversations. One conversation that we have at home that I'm happy to share about is that I've never parented in a pandemic before and my kids have never had to kid in a pandemic before. Sure. So that means we're gonna make mistakes along the way, right? I'm gonna snap sometimes and lose my temper, so are you. What we are going to do though, is we are gonna give each other space and grace to make those mistakes. And when everyone is calm, we're gonna come back together and talk about what worked and what didn't and think about what we can do differently next time before that situation happens again. We do not have the expectation of perfection in my family because nobody is gonna get there. All we can do is try to do 1% better next time. And sometimes 1% in a pandemic is a lot, mm -hmm. okay? Um, so there are certain things that I am no longer trying to influence. Do your socks match? It doesn't matter. Is your hair mostly brushed? I hope so. <laughs> like those little pieces that I know <laughs> their teachers are gonna give me a little bit of grace for, some days we're just doing good to make it out the door. Right. Um, so circles of control, um, talking about how you're feeling, making sure you have safe people to talk to, and thinking about a plan to take care of yourself when those things go wrong. I call it the emergency self-care plan, right? There are those bad days and they're gonna happen. Um, and sometimes you're gonna have several of them in a week. So what are the things that you know you can do that can help yourself feel better? And I wanna take just a hot second and differentiate between self-care and self-comfort. Um, self-comfort is something that we all do and it's a way to self-soothe, but self-comfort can become problematic for us, um, especially if it involves some unhealthy habits. 
And um, as a human being, one of my unhealthy habits sometimes involves a little bit of chocolate Mm -hmm. or a lot of bit of chocolate or my kids' Halloween chocolate. And it's all gone right now. Um, So one thing I need to ask myself if I'm differentiating between self-care and self-comfort is, am I going to feel better after I do this? Mm -hmm. Sometimes in the moment, in that one second, it's a yes, but 10 minutes from now or a gene size from now, it might be a no, right? So being able to understand, is this going to help me feel better in the long run is a way that we can kind of bring ourselves back again to that circle of control. And if you're feeling low and if you're feeling down and things are feeling too big, what you can do is you can take care of your body. You prime the physical to help prime the mental. And it's hard to get up out of our bed. It's hard to put our phone down. But if you can stretch, if you can take a walk, especially if you have the availability to take a walk outside, a lot of those things are calming to our very basic elements. And when we're done, we feel better. It's hard to get it started. But once you do, you do feel better for the long run. So circles of control, talking about how you're feeling and trying to get moving a little bit. Those are excellent. I like how you said uh, we have to give ourselves space and grace. Those are <laughs> those are uh, important, especially as I think about the challenges that we do face at even at home, at work, um, as we all try to figure out what does what does this look like to parent, to mm-hmm. teach, to be a kid, to do all the things that we have to do as we go through life in such uncertainty. That that's really helpful to think also just about focusing on those things that we can control. Um, one of the things that, you know, is not necessarily tied to a pandemic, um, or to the situation that we're in, but because of the timing of recording this, knowing that we're heading into the holidays, um, the holidays are often hard for many of our students. And so when you think about what are some of those strategies that, um, are just good in even a normal year for some of our parents or grandparents or aunts and uncles to be thinking about um, as they head into the holidays with our kids. What are some of the things that you suggest when you're working with families navigating that? Yep. And so um, kids are not going to appreciate what I'm going to say next, but keeping those good sleep routines are so, so important. Having a a mostly normal bedtime and a mostly normal wake up time. I'm sorry, friends, that 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 sleep, you know, up until two, you know, and then wake up sometime after lunch is not good for you. Sleep affects so much of our mental health and wellness. And when we throw off our sleep routines, it throws off so much of our day. So um, one of the big encouragements I would make to caregivers is try to keep as close to possible a normal bedtime and a normal wake-up routine. Um, it helps us feel better. And again, we human beings like consistency, predictability, routines, that helps us stay on track. So sleep is a huge one. Um, making sure that you have healthy ways to fill your day and your time are also important. This year is going to look very unique if people are staying at home and not socializing the way that they they previously have. So making sure that you have a list of things that you'd like to accomplish today. And I recently saw um, um, an article, only six things on that list. Seven gets to be too many. Five is not enough. Six seems to be that six. sweet spot. Okay, yes. Now I know six. Six, things. six is a really good number because you get a you get that sense of accomplishment at that three mark. I'm halfway done, right? Sure. And they don't all have to be like existential, life changing things. Some of it's as if, if it's brushing your teeth. Please do that, right? That's a great thing to put Sometimes on your I list. Sometimes I put things on the list just because I like the 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 knowledge. I can check it off immediately, right? It, exactly. So um, having a short to do list really kind of helps get us up and get us moving again to that, you know, to what I said, priming the physical to help prime the mental. Um, Another thing that we can do 
uh, and this is more specific this year to um, what's happening with COVID and families not being able to get together before, is um, being bold and, and acknowledging with your family, yeah, that's different. This is different. And this might suck for a little while, right? We don't get to go to our grandparents' house. We don't get to do our normal traditions. That being said, two things can be true at the same time. While we're missing that, we can also enjoy this different kind of holiday and we can start to set some different traditions. Um, you can acknowledge that, you know, there's a lot of stress that come with um, holidays and time away from school. And sometimes that causes us to get into more arguments. This might be a chance to take a break and, and have conversations instead of those like, hurry up and get ready because we're already late and we got to get in the car and where's your socks? And oh my gosh, did you brush your teeth? It doesn't even matter. Go, go, go. Um, so it lets us kind of slow down a little bit. And then um, another thing that we can do is, and I, I'm cautious about saying this, is start to practice some intentional gratitude. And I say gratitude with, again, that idea of holding two things to be true at the same time. This can be hard and I still can be thankful for the things that I do have available to me. And some, while some things aren't, there are still things that are there. And when I can look at those in a deeper way and appreciate their continued presence, even if it's different, it can help reaffirm those bonds are still there and those connections are still are still very relevant to where we are right now. Sure. And I, I even found that um, what you mentioned earlier in my own family at Thanksgiving, we did some different things at Thanksgiving that we looked back and we thought well, that might just become a new tradition. You know, it, we mm -hmm. came out of inconvenience and frustration, but it looking back, it, it worked act pr pretty well for our family. So trying to find those kinds of things and that those glimmers of, of positivity in all of this is, is really important. Um, last question that I had for you, you know, we're sitting in the broadcasting room at the high school and, um, and we had a situation earlier this fall where some students walked out um, from the high school to advocate for more mental wellness supports. And that was um, a, a really eye-opening for me because, um, you know, there's no doubt that we can always do better for students. But what that experience highlighted for me is so many of our students aren't aware of the resources that we have available. And, um, and, and some of our parents and some of our community aren't aware of the resources that, that we have available that many high schools, many um, school corporations don't have available. So can you talk about the resources that our students have available to them when they're at school, and then also some of the work that your team does to connect students to resources that maybe do exceed what, what we offer as a public school district. Yep, and some of these things, um, I'll just repeat, you had mentioned them earlier, and I'm gonna repeat them because they are really important, is that we do have at least one full-time counselor in all of our buildings. Um, when you get to the intermediate, middle school, and high school levels, we have we have more counselors that are support those needs. So that right there is a huge, um, availability of universal support to our students. Um, with previous year budget cuts, those were positions that unfortunately were on the chopping block and Avon has really kind of held to that and increased it through these grant funds. So that's a huge support that's available. Um, and with the addition of our social workers, um, we've been really fortunate to have the opportunity to reimagine what those social work services could look like this semester. And starting in January, um, we've done, we've been able to do some realignment so that our social workers will go down from either four or six buildings down to two buildings, which again, increases availability and access to those mental wellness services. Um, they run those services as 
Primarily small groups, but they do also offer one-to-one support for students who aren't who are not quite ready for a small group intervention yet. Those are six to eight week groups that are really um, de- um, focused around different mental wellness areas, with the idea that if we can support mental wellness, we can then support what happens in the classroom in a much better way, and students can be more available for learning. We also have a really great partners partnership with um, with Cummins Behavioral Health Services. They're a community mental health center, and we have a good partnership with them to provide some services and those do have a little bit more restrictions because it is an outside entity um, based on insurance but we do have availability to serve some of those needs here in our school system so we really have a targeted tiered support for students at a variety of levels um which lots of places are trying to figure out how to do that. And so we're, and th- we've only been doing this for a year and a half. So it's still a very new program. Last year was the very first year and we were building the plane while we were flying it. As soon as we were starting to hit our stride, March came and everything right. had to be reimagined. Yeah. But that was an opportunity for us to think about how to be more effective and efficient with the resources that we have to serve as many students as possible. So those are our internal resources that we have. Um, another fabulous resource that I love to point people to is the Hendricks County Health Partnership has an online resource guide, which is electronic. It is updated, I believe, every two weeks and includes just a wealth of information from any topic that a family may need. If it's, um, you know, they need a dentist, they need a shelter, they need mental wellness and counseling supports. That section of the resource guide is robust and it helps people because it lists what kinds of insurance they take, what hours, if there's specialties that are included in those different practices so that people can make informed decisions about local resources here. Um, you, you may have heard that there's there's a desert when it comes to mental health resources because for a variety of reasons and they're um, um, they, they can be hard to get to, but we have a, a pretty big abundance here in Hendricks County. So we're very fortunate just by where we are currently located at with what's available. So there's a really great list of resources there. Um, so that, it, it, you know, and, and by teaching our kids these SEL skills, um, from lower grades, as they get older, these conversations again become more common and destigmatized. So that way we're just being a lot more open about where we are with mental wellness in that process and in that journey. That's great. Yeah. So many great resources that are out there. We just need to get people connected with them. As we wrap up here, um, first, thank you. I appreciate you being here and lots of great information that you have shared. Um, one of the the things that we've you've mentioned a couple of times is the, the term whole child. And we talk about that in Avon a lot. And I think not only and what what we mean when we say that is that we want students to feel safe. We want them to feel um, secure, challenged. Uh, we know that that directly ties to their academic achievement. And, and that's why we're here as a public school. But there is so much more to what we we offer an Avon when we support the whole child in those social emotional components that you you have talked about and that you have played such a huge role in implementing an Avon. So thank you for all that you have done. And I sometimes forget that we've only been down this, this journey for really a year and a half. Um, it feels like we've been doing this longer and have been implementing these things longer than we have, but it is still very new and you've done a great job helping us put in place some really fantastic supports for our students. So thank you very much. 
Thank you. And again, this has been a tremendous opportunity to be a part of a district who's open and willing to engage in some of those maybe brave and initially uncomfortable conversations about what does what is mental wellness and what are we going to do about it. Um, the last thing I'd like to do, just is give a quick little mental health plug, um, is that over the break, if you are concerned about yourself or a loved one, I did want to share the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline number. Um, you can call anytime, 24 hours a day, and they can and there are people that will listen to you and help guide you to help keep you or your loved one safe. The number is 1-800-273-8255. Again, that number is 1-800-273-8255. And if you ever have an immediate concern about somebody that you care that you care about, please call 911 immediately. Your well-being and safety and the well-being and safety of those you care about is of paramount importance. When we are away from each other, it can be hard. So please make sure that you have those numbers and resources available to you. All right. Thank you, Krista. And thanks for joining us. We will talk with you again next time.